The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I am your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guest. His name is Min An Vodin. So Min is a Toronto-based screenwriter that I've known for like two years or so. I feel like one of the earliest people that I kind of was friends with on screenwriting Twitter. Um, but he is a horror writer. He writes a lot of stuff that tries to highlight the voices of Asian women and LGBTQ individuals. His work explores trauma and, uh, yeah, all through the lens of horror. It's a very good episode. Uh, fair warning, we do talk a little bit too much about everything everywhere all at once because we're both big fans of the movie. And at this point, I had I was about to see it for my second time. Men had already seen it three times. Uh, so that's why, but, um, yeah, guys, before we get into the episode, I do just want to say that if you like what you hear and you want to donate to the show, we really appreciate that. You can do that at the Linktree link in our social media pages at social writer pod on Instagram or Twitter. Um, it, if you can, it really helps me a lot with, you know, recording and editing and all these things. It just takes a lot of time. I love doing it, but, um, every little bit helps. And to everyone who has already donated to the show or regularly donates, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, with that guys, let's go ahead and start the show. Min, we're finally talking. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Awesome. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, I've followed you since like I got on. T- when did you start using like screenwriting Twitter or Twitter in general? Like I was like basically the start of the pandemic was when I got. Well, it. if we're talking about Twitter, I I used Twitter back in like 2011, 2012, but then I kind of stopped for like mm-hmm. years. And then it wasn't until the pandemic I, I got bored, I guess. So I'm like, yeah. Let's go back to Twitter because um Tumblr is dying. I, I've been on I was on Tumblr a lot. Yeah. So yeah, and then I by chance I stumbled across screenwriting Twitter and yeah, it's been it's been a journey since then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's how I was. I made my Twitter account in 2009, mm-hmm. but like for just years, I would like every so often come back and I would try to talk to people, but I was like I feel like I'm just tweeting into the void. No one ever interacts with me. I know like five people on here. And mm-hmm. uh, whereas on Facebook, it was like my friends from high school and, you know, just whatever my normal friends, like I actually wasn't talking to no one. So uh, I didn't use it for a long time either until the pandemic, same thing. I got kind of bored and then it was like, Oh, there's this whole community of screenwriters. This is awesome. Um for sure. And I've heard that about Tumblr. I was never a Tumblr person, but I've heard that Tumblr is why there are so many funny people on Twitter because it's like the same style of comedy. That's like, it's, it's like a whole mass exodus thing. Cause you know, yeah. Tumblr was slowly dying because Yahoo bought them out and like they did some stupid changes and people just left. But yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's how it always goes. Something's good. And then a giant corporation comes in and buys it. And then it sucks. As is happening right now, probably. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soon this is going to be Tesla Twitter. 
um all right cool well let's hop into it uh min how did you get into screenwriting um well i i got into screenwriting through i guess fiction writing really when i was mm -hmm. younger i loved writing i just wrote a lot of short stories mm -hmm. which were basically fan fictions of movies and tv shows that i liked as a kid mm -hmm. i i wrote a lot of buffy fanfic oh did you that's awesome I did, yeah. It was yeah. like I I caught Buffy on TV. It was like season seven. Mm -hmm. I was like, this looked cool. I want to write about it, even though I barely knew anything about <laughs> the show. Yeah. So I, just, I wrote a bunch of stuff here and there in in class. Like my friends were curious, and they read my stuff, and they liked it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. People liked what I write, and I liked writing. So I just did more of that. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I thought I wanted to become like a novelist. Mm -hmm. so yeah it wasn't until i was like i think like 15 16 where i i found out that screenplays were a thing mm -hmm. and i'm like well i love movies and then like writing and this looks simpler as in like there's less writing compared to like a full-on novel right so i'm like let's let's give this a shot yeah, yeah. i i remember back then like finding scripts online was like for me it was like whoa Mm -hmm. like finding treasure because i i was living in vietnam at the time and like the internet was like really different mm -hmm. i was learning english as well because english is my second language mm -hmm. so i thought this could be a fun way to practice my writing in another language so i just i wrote like a feature script in in english so yeah mm -hmm. so i'm like i like this so i just started writing more and more mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the pandemic, I think, that I I thought to myself, I should do this seriously. Like I should jump it, jump into the professional side of it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I would just I would just be writing in my room forever. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like barely anyone read my stuff, like my friends, like which is nice to get validation from them, but I'm like, I need more <laughs> yeah so, people who yeah. aren't just gonna say this is good mm -hmm. you know i don't want to hurt your feelings because i love you <laughs> um, so yeah that's how it started that's cool i actually share similarly i actually right before i went to a screenwriting program in 2018 i was finishing community college i went really late i was already like 28 29 at this point when i was transferring to university but mm -hmm. i was enrolled in a program at a different university for novel writing and I kind of just knew in my heart, like that this isn't me. And it's so funny. You said that like screenwriting is like the easier version of novel writing. Some would argue harder because yeah. it's like you have less real estate. I argue easier because I just think like, I don't know, the, the world building and just everything in, uh, in novel writing is really intense. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I feel like I'm getting away with doing less in screenwriting. Like, yeah, in terms of writing itself, I, I'll argue screenwriting is easier. But, you uh, know, in terms of getting things made, that's a different <laughs> story. Right, right. It's really easy to self-publish these days mm -hmm. if you have a novel. Anyway, um, so English is your second language. When did you start learning English? Um, I think it was like around seven or eight, I think. Okay. Like, yeah. my mom just enrolled me in, like, English classes at a time mm -hmm. and I was like why <laughs> uh, right. I'm like why am I learning another language I don't really care so like for the first yeah. few years I just 
did pretty poorly, didn't really pay attention to class, just didn't put any effort. Mm-hmm. I think that until I just started watching more TVs and movies, and I'm like, I want to understand what I'm watching. So I put in more wow. effort. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy. Do you have any scripts written in Vietnamese? Um, no. I, no. Okay, I, I was just wondering. Yeah, because I started learning the craft in English, so I just mm-hmm. stuck with English. It was yeah. around a time where I was about to come to Canada as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm here to, I'm here, sorry, I'm going to be here speaking in different language. Might as well just start immersing myself early so I don't, so I get a head start. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes total sense, especially if you were coming to Canada. It like mm-hmm. makes sense. And you're Toronto based right now, right? I am. And it's currently snowing, which is disgusting. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I saw a few people, a few East Coast friends today talking about it being snowing. That's hilarious. It's snowing and kind of, is it? It's mm-hmm. kind of cold in Missouri, but it's no snow, which is good. Yeah. Um, so you are repped with David Binns at Rascality Entertainment. Yes, I am. Yeah. So when did you get repped? And do you mind kind of sharing like how that unfolded? I sort of remember the story, but just for everyone listening. Sure. Uh, I got repped, I believe, last March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like last 2021. 2021. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, I got, I got them to like code querying. I just did a lot. I sent a lot of queries, which was, well, <laughs> daunting i hope i don't yeah. have to do that again uh-huh but yeah it was a lot of it was a really cool experience at least at the starting stage of like jumping into screenwriting mm-hmm. like going to imdb pro and looking up like contacts from like these like industry people like you feel like you're you're quote unquote in the know yeah yeah and for then, sure. you know you got the request and you're like oh my god and then you know then you got the the ghosting uh-huh. and the rejection, which I didn't mind because at least they told me. Yeah. But yeah, some, most of the time, the, their, their success rates were like, you know, whatever, I guess kind of, it wasn't too bad, but I yeah. think people were looking for something specific. And, you know, when you're a nobody, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard. Like I only got at that point, like a couple of contest placements to my name. So I'm like, let's mm-hmm. try it out. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Did, but yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, had you won the We Screenplay Diverse Voices yet when that happened? At that point, no. At that point, okay. I only, I think I only got like a semifinals for like Screencraft Horror back in 2019. Okay. Which I... I thought it was cool at the time, but I didn't do anything with that. <laughs> so I guess that was kind that's of how good. That's how mine are too. Like so yeah. many of my contest placements are like, I was like, this is it. This is the next step. And then it ends up not doing shit for you. Yeah. It's, I mean, I would say too, for anyone listening, like don't get too discouraged by that. Entering mm-hmm. contests, if you have the money is a positive thing. It kind of gives you some confidence if you place high and it kind of gets you a little exposure, get your name out there. But Ultimately, like Min said, like you kind of control your destiny. So on top of that, you should be querying, yeah. trying to meet people and all that stuff, trying to do the hustle thing. Exactly. But, uh, that's cool. Um, 
I guess, you know, I haven't really dove too far into like the getting repped process on previous episodes, but I kind of just want to start maybe getting a little more from people and I'll start with you. So like, uh, what was the first general, like, like what was the first contact like with your manager and then how was the general as well? Um, so with my manager, I think I sent him a script. He read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said, yeah, send it over. And he, he read it and he liked it and he asked for like more. Mm-hmm. So I sent him another feature and kind of same response. Mm-hmm. So I, I sent him a pilot. I guess he was just like fishing me out to see what else I can do kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. At least he's interested to ask for more. So yeah, the pilot, he is like, he liked this. So he's like, let's, let's have a talk. Let's get on zoom together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just got on the call and we we talked like getting to know each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then um, he he gave me some notes on the pilot and he's like, "This is good." And like he yeah, so I just took the notes and he said like, um, "Yeah, like do what you want with the notes." And we I would be interested in reading another updated version of this. So come back when you whenever you're ready. So that's what I did. It took me a bit because. I did like a massive rewrite mm-hmm. on the script mm-hmm. and yeah, I came back, I sent it to him again and he like, he really liked the draft. And then we hopped on a call, we talked and then he, he said he would want to pursue this further with me. Mm-hmm. And he explained the process of like getting manager client relationship and what to expect that kind of thing. And we mm-hmm. would be, developing the pilot together and when it's ready he can take it out or like send it over for like um staffing opportunity and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and we also discussed like um like what i asked him stuff like what is your taste like in your clients like what kind of genres do you rep so that i know it would fit because i found him through like some of my twitter mutuals I looked at my horror writer mutuals and see if they're reps. If they are, I'm, like, I'm just going to target my queries to to those people. Yep, and smart. It. Yeah, it is a v- vigorous process. I mean, I still have my yeah. contacts and stuff. So like I can always, if I have to do it again, hope not. But I know yeah. what to do now, but it's, it's not fun. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's, uh, it's funny you say that last part because I've thought about that, that with, uh, I'm also, I I haven't been repped as long as you, but I got my first manager and I've thought that too, that I hope I never have to get a new one. I hope because me, everything's going great right now. And uh, I anticipate it to continue that way. Like I don't see any red flags or anything like that, which is awesome. But I was like, if I ever did, I would definitely know kind of a little bit more of what to ask a prospective manager in a general and things like that. Cause I kind of just was a little starry eyed and mm. it didn't really <laughs> grill them the way that I might've, you know, now I would. Uh, Cause yeah. now I kind of just had that little bit of understanding of what it's like to have a manager. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad to hear that it's going good. Um, so let's jump forward. And then I know you're a horror writer but yes. if you could tell me a little bit more, like, how would you describe your brand? I know this question sucks. Yeah. How would, how would you describe your brand? My brand? Yeah. I always joke that my brand is just basically 
Sad Queer Asian Horror. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess it's not very marketing friendly, <laughs> but if I were to put it in a professional way, yeah. it would be um, uh, slow burn, often, sorry, it will be psychological horror under a queer Asian perspective that focuses on turbulent family dynamics. That's awesome. I love that it. Brand. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's basically my recurring theme anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a very easy to pitch, uh, easy to pitch kind of one liner thing. I've heard some people say that like your brand should be in a log line form. And I kind of tend to agree that you should be yeah. able to just real succinctly just kind of say it. Um, awesome. And then like, so that factors in, you know, after hearing your brand, would you mind like saying the log line? Uh, to the best that you can offhand of um, the other because is that like kind of your most successful uh, spec right now yeah yeah it seemed like it on your cover fly I was stalking you uh, 15 minutes ago no but um, I've also heard so many good things about this script on Twitter for so long uh, from so many different people tweeting about it but um, yeah do you mind giving a log line for people listening yeah, for sure. Yeah, people were very nice talking about it, which I didn't anticipate, but yeah. Yeah, it's always um, nice. So the, the log line is, in 1500s Vietnam, a family of three women find themselves in a secluded island where they are slowly succumbing to the mischievous trickeries of an ancient entity. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. 1500s Vietnam. So mm-hmm. how much uh, how much research went into that before you even got to the writing process? Um, the research was, it wasn't too much, but I mm-hmm. did enough, mostly because it took place on an island. I kind of cheat there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. I mostly, I did research on like the clothing and like um, the the setting at a time because there's like a backdrop like a war backdrop mm-hmm. so it explains why they're running away but yeah. yeah a lot of the research i guess you wouldn't know if you're reading this this is something more like if you were to watch and you see it yeah you know? yeah definitely yeah, I, did, I did research on like um the beliefs yeah the what are they wearing how were they cooking mm-hmm at that time and like how did what tools did people use that that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. like um also it was based on yeah i forgot to mention it was also like loosely based on like a popular vietnamese fairy tale Mm -hmm. so that gave me some kind of background i just i just needed to retool it a little bit yeah yeah it'll be era appropriate yeah that's interesting yeah i had like a short a short little dance writing horror for a little bit, but I ultimately write like more dramedy stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was writing horror, horror, I was also very much like diving into like old folklore from, you know, other regions of the world and being like, yeah. just like looking for inspiration basically for um, cool horror ideas. But um, so when I read your log line, I was like, oh, that's right up my fucking alley. So <laughs> I uh, I can't wait to hopefully see that on the screen one day. Have you been, has it been being sent around to some pretty exciting places? You don't have to say any names, but. 
I'll say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's kind of the, it's the really exciting part of getting yeah. your first manager is being like, Oh, that's really cool. That person read it. That's, that's badass, you know? And uh, yeah. once you Google them, you're like, Holy shit, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, like last year, last year, it, it, the script went on its little tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. I really, really can't wait to uh, see that someday. So since everyone's writing routine is unique, can you kind of describe to me your regular writing routine? Like, do you write in the daytime, nighttime, around your day job? Do you write in an office? Do you go out in public? Like, what's it like for you when you sit down to write? Oh, my writing is so chaotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's more like the best way to describe it, just like little bursts of energy uh -huh. and a lot of lounging about. You know, mm -hmm. I would just sit there and stare at my screen, write like two sentences, do whatever else I'm doing. And then I'm like, okay, need to focus. And then I would just get in the zone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But, um, well, back when, because my routine now is a little bit different compared to like in 2020 and 2021, because I was working from home for those two years. So I got a lot of leeway on what to do. So I would write throughout the day because my day job was like it was a weird it was like I worked from like morning to noon and then like again in the evening so mm -hmm. I got the afternoon off nice so I would write in the afternoon and then like later afterwards when I was done with my night my night shift and um so that's why I could write so many this year I'm back in person now so mm -hmm. At a regular schedule, so I just write in the evening and at mm -hmm. night. So I try to balance with my other things, my other routine that I do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I just try to I sit at my desk right here, mm -hmm. and yeah, try my best to focus. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm the yeah. same way. It's a struggle all the time. Yeah. yeah, I was in 2014. I. Uh, was convinced I had ADHD and I went and got tested and I do, but mm. I'd never, and I don't know, like I've heard before that Adderall doesn't really like affect people who have ADHD, like mm -hmm. in like a, you know, the way like a, a drug would feel. But um, before I was diagnosed, like when I was like a kid, like in my teenage years and stuff, I loved Adderall favorite <laughs> drug to do just like I, it was my favorite thing. Adderall. Yeah. And like now I'm like sober and st like, I don't, I don't uh, do drugs anymore, hmm. but um, I used to party a lot and I used to love Adderall. And um, so like now it's like, I feel like, should I go on it? I don't really want to be on a prescription drug, but I'm convinced I have ADHD. It's like focusing is really a fucking struggle for me a lot when I'm writing. Yeah. Um, so I, I hardcore relate to that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have like undiagnosed ADHD. I haven't like officially diagnosed, yet, but yeah. like I, I feel like the signs are there. Um, like I would sit down, I would get really restless, walk around, and then like get distracted, and then go yeah. back right. So it's and then yeah, so <laughs> I think the signs are there. I just need yeah. To and well, the thing is, I feel like the lines are like blurred now because um, I feel like in our smartphone age nowadays like we yeah. all kind of have it you know like it's a uh, it's crazy like there are times where i'll sit down to write 
I'll write a few sentences and then I'll pick up my phone uh, sometimes because it's in my like periphery and I see it light up with a notification or a message or something. <clears throat> so I pick it up and then 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I just burned 30 minutes looking at my phone. And there's been times where I've just like in a rage, like just tossed my phone on my bed and been like, stop looking at it, dude. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's a struggle, but um, yeah, I, I wonder, yeah. watching movies at home. It's the same. It's so hard to focus. Yeah. You just pick up your phone and yeah. I, I try to put my phone in the other room and I want to watch a movie. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. That's I try. Really smart. But sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, mm, maybe just check one thing and then cycle continues <laughs> yeah and what's so pathetic for me is that like all it takes is a 10 second lull in the movie just 10 seconds of not like exciting great because some movies are so good <laughs> that i don't look at my phone and i'm just locked in yeah. and um and that's not to say anything about the other movies because they're all so good but i'm just saying my brain is so sad <laughs> that a 10 second lull is all it takes for me to be like what's going on in here and just pick up my phone and totally, just totally totally yeah, get that but it's which, annoying. which is also ironic because i love watching like a lot of times i watch like art house movies and those movies are not yeah, yeah. slow high. burn nor nor are they very rich in plot most of the times yeah, like yeah. have to like, you yeah. know, a lot of times they're like visually pleasing or just really odd. Go with um, the go with the vibes. I just have to force myself. Like, do not check. You're gonna be distracted. Yeah, and you're not gonna pay attention. Then the movie's gonna be boring because you're not paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and then you're gonna walk away like, yeah, that movie's all right. When it's like <laughs> maybe it was really good and you just needed to put your phone down, dummy. Uh, so I was going to ask you, um, this is a question I usually ask a little later, but since we kind of talked about it, are you comfortable sharing what your day job is? Like just kind of sure. roundabout. It. Yeah. I teach English as a second language. Oh, awesome. You have experience in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I go uh, circle with my journey. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, so is there like an age range of people that you teach? Um, I teach my my school is usually for most of the time young adults mm -hmm. they're 20s but there's not really an age limit sure it's like in their 20s all the way to like seniors if they yeah. if they decide to enroll but yeah most of the times are like 20 year old something who are studying abroad and then you got people who are immigrating to Canada and want to like learn English for school or for work, that kind of stuff. In the summer, we got the teenagers who come just for fun and for their summer exchange program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mostly I got students from like Japan, Korea, Brazil, Mexico, so-and-so, which is pretty cool. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, that's That's an interesting day job. I really like that. Yeah, I think it influenced a lot of not influence it helped with writing a few because you're like meeting new people oh yeah different walks like, of life walks of life and you know inspiration because you know sometimes there's always stuff that happens in school and it's like funny or interesting and you're like i'm gonna steal that for oh yeah so cool so you're just like getting to know these people and they're telling you like mm -hmm. actual anecdotes from their life and stuff oh yeah the stuff students share with me sometimes i'm like oh that's i feel like that's a bit um tmi but thank you for yeah. sharing <laughs> and sometimes when they share stuff it's like very serious and i'm like oh i don't know how to respond to that 
I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I'm trained to help you. Right, but right. Thank you for sharing. But yeah, those are my some of the examples. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I definitely am a serial um, stealer of life experiences from people that I talk to. I love That's it. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, so cool. Men, describe your process to me. Like, you have a new idea. Do yep. you jump into an outline? Do you write a log line? Do you have to come up with a title in your mind before you start working? Like, what's it like when you think, oh, shit, I think that could be something. Let me try to work on it. Uh, my process is like very rigid. Like I follow very specific steps, mm -hmm. which is also funny because I don't outline that much. We'll get into that. <laughs> oh, but, I'm uh, so interested. This is a hot topic. You know it is. Outlining is a I hot know. topic. Oh, God. Whenever on Twitter they talk about it, I'm like, who cares, guys? I'm like, it, unless I'm getting paid for this, who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> like, yeah. No one should give a shit if you're not getting paid for an outline. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just see funny, how good the script is. I'll do anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, <clears> anyway, <throat> my process. So let's say if I have a, an idea in my head, like let, I'm going to go with... Um, I'll use the other example, I guess. Like I know yeah, I sure. wanted to write a folk horror script. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I wanted to find a story that I could do, like a theme that I could focus on. Mm -hmm. And this the the fairy tale that I base it on is like, um, so I thought, okay, there can be some family dynamics that'll be interesting. I'm gonna focus a theme on like isolation and like child favoritism and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i'm like cool i'm gonna go with that and and then i try to think of what type of horror i want it to be like supernatural is it gonna be um you know like psychological and whatnot and when i feel there's something concrete in my head i go into title i always need to come up with a title first or else i cannot move past that i'm the same way at all yeah even if i think maybe this title won't stick mm -hmm. um i have to have a working title it's so odd i can't just put untitled at the top of the document yeah like that like does not make sense that, which is yeah. like fine whatever but like, i cannot move past that but yeah. i need to have a title not even just a place where i need a title that i'm happy with yeah yeah or else it doesn't feel right to me right Right. That's so interesting because I feel very similar. Yeah. So title down and then lock line. Immediately lock line. I know a lot of writers mm -hmm. are like, I don't like to write lock lines and whatever, which is fair. It can be difficult. But in my mind, like, I need to know how to describe my story in like one sentence or two. Otherwise, I don't think I would know what it's going to be about. Yeah. that That's, I'm the exact same too. I think that if you're a writer... You can not like log lines. That's mm -hmm. fair. But like to say, oh, well, I'll worry about that later. I think in my in my own process, and there's no rules, but in my mm -hmm. process, that would be a mistake because I'll get so off topic. I need that log line to just be like, this story is about this person doing this because they want this. And this is what's going to try to stop them from getting that. Mm -hmm. Bam. And then I can always come back to that if I start yeah. veering way too far. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure if I'm 
good at it, but I like writing lock lines. I, Me too. I have fun I doing it. Mapping out different versions until I find one that I'm happy with. And it's like, okay, perfect. Let's go. Yep. So I guess my brain is different because I see people who just like, they seem so tortured by writing their lock line. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, guys, come on. It's, I mean, it's hard, but it's not, you know, this is not shaming. So like, don't come for me. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. No. Cause I agree. <laughs> and it's like, yes, it's hard, but at the same time, it's not, it, it's, it's making your writing easier because it's forcing you to say again, this is about my protagonist who is this person. This is what they want. This is what they're up against. And this is how they're going to try to get it or whatever, you know, just it, in the end, you're making your job so much easier. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think like if, if it's really, really tough <clears throat> to write your log lines, I would imagine that you're trying to do too much and you need to pare down your idea a little bit. Like that should be a sign that you're making something that's a little too convoluted the way it is in your brain right, right now. And it needs to be simplified. Yeah. I think you just need yeah. to focus on the core idea of your story and put in your lock line. Yep. And like, yep. there's, there's the, there's the basic formula when, you know, something happens, the protagonist needs to do something to stop that thing from happening or else mm -hmm. like, for example, you know, yeah. so like yeah. still with something basic like that, I think that always helps. Yeah. And like when I'm stuck on a lock line, what I do, I would look up movies that have similar vibes or kind of similar plotter theme. Mm -hmm. Look at what, look at how they're written and mm -hmm. use that as inspiration to mm -hmm. help me mm -hmm. to make it pop or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Do mm -hmm. you offhand have like one or two comps that you would have had in mind for the other just out of like curiosity? Yeah, I would say the witch. That was going to be my first guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the witch meets um, Cinderella. Oh, that's dope. That's awesome. I really <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's, that's a super good pitch. Um, awesome. So you need a title. Next, mm -hmm. you move to logline. Yeah, logline. Okay. And now so, we're uh, getting into outline territory. Um, so or la I, lack thereof. Lack thereof. I, yeah. I, I outline sometimes. If my story is really complicated, I'll I'll do some like very basic, very rough outline mm -hmm. to to keep myself on track. But usually, I for every script I write. I have character bios. Mm -hmm. Like those are important. Mm -hmm. I may not have a lot line, but I must have a character bio. Like mm -hmm. for the main characters at least, so I know who they are, what their the relationship with the with the other characters and what their major arc is gonna be. Because mm -hmm. a lot of my scripts are usually character driven. Mm -hmm. So I need that down. Yeah. With outline, um, yeah, like, like, I mean, it's, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do, what not to do. Like, mm -hmm. it works for me, but also sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I write a script and the lack of outline kind of come back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, 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 for sure. I'm like, I'm like, shit, but then I just kind of do it again <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> right. I like to well, there's a, there's a certain freedom to not outlining. 
and just going off the top of the head that I really love. I do very loose outlines. Like yeah. I think Melissa Turkington called it a seven pointer, which yeah. is like, it's basically like your opening, your like catalyst, you're breaking to act two, your midpoint, you're breaking to act three. And then like your ending, I think that's seven. I don't know. Don't count it. Whoever's listening. But like, yeah, it's just like the most basic, you know, stuff to kind of think ahead. But I think it's interesting, though, like you're not an outliner, but you're very much like I need that log line. And it makes sense to me that if you're not an outliner, that you would be like, I at least had to have need to have like a very strong, in my mind, log line that I feel like is my home base. Like that if I'm going to just freestyle this thing off the top of the head, and get all imaginative and just let my brain go wild and be in the moment, then I need to have that log line. That's like my structure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. To me. Like the times that I did outline, it was for a script that deals with like multiple timelines that I need <laughs> an outline to keep me in track. Yeah. <laughs> or else and it was gonna... everything everywhere all at once. Congratulations yeah, I, on your film. Yeah, for sure. Most me at support Asian cinema. I'm seeing it Wednesday for a second time. I've seen it like three times. I have a have problem. You? Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to my my friend was going to go with me Wednesday, and then this morning he bailed because he oh, has no. ki- kids and stuff. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to go alone. So I bought a ticket. I I watched yeah three times. I think within a span of like <laughs> like a week. Oh, did you? I saw with amazing. different people too. So I'm like, I need to spread the word as much as possible all right so answer me this if this is something that you do because uh i did this with hereditary when that Mm -hmm. came out uh i had already heard the hype about hereditary and then i went and saw it with uh a couple friends and it blew me away i was so amazed by that movie Mm -hmm. that the very next day i took a different friend who likes (laughs) horror to go see it and uh and then the day after that I took a different friend who likes horror to go see it because I just wanted these people in my life to see this movie Three and days talk in a to row. me about it. Damn. It's the only time I've ever done that. And probably the only time I ever will, but yeah, I went to her. <laughs> I went hereditary came out. I went three days in a row with different people each time, just so I could be like, wasn't that awesome. And uh, yeah, I feel this. I feel like if there's ever been another movie in the past, three four years now that could make me do that it was probably everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. just that blew my mind it's so good i'm like after watching that i'm like hmm, should i even write anymore <laughs> i know dude <laughs> like and i saw it a little bit later than a lot of people so <laughs> the hype was so big and there was like there was actual like very um um, well-credited directors and filmmakers and shit yeah. on Twitter being like, this movie is fucking amazing. I remember I was like, seeing like Mike Flanagan and like yeah. all the directors that I admire, like this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, okay, that's a lot of, that's a high bar. Yeah, and then I went and saw it <laughs> and like in the first hour, I was like, this is very cool, but it hadn't reached a point where I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. But I was like, yeah, this is as cool as I hoped it would be. Yeah. And then the whole second hour, hour and 20 minutes, yeah. I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Hands After down. the first, yeah, my first watch, I, I liked it a lot, but I feel like because the movie was so much. Yeah, it is. It's it. a lot. Then I watch it again with a different person. Then the second half, I was like, getting emotional crying i'm like oh god <laughs> like yeah like, kidding but yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to cry Wednesday. I'll cry again. <laughs> I cried the first time. As you should. Um, you, say, you say you like writing about, you know, uh, parental child issues. That's the perfect movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude. That movie really did. Um, I love movies about family dysfunction and stories yep. like that. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. But anyway, we got away because all <laughs> yeah. you were saying was movies with different storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's when you'll sometimes outline. Yeah, well, I would outline what, so for a script I was outlining what's going to happen for these timelines. Yeah. Like separately, and then I'm going to think about how they're going to kind of intersect that kind of thing. That's that's my thought process. But um, for, yeah, because most of the script, I just kind of, I, I have a rough idea where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. But I know how where the character is going to end up and I just shape my story around the character's journey mm-hmm. like with well with the other it's kind of a cheating because it was loosely based on an existing story so I have that rough sure. the story has kind of like a rough outline to go with already mm-hmm. but you know but that helped but yeah just follow the character act arc see where it goes and I usually have an idea how it's going to end as well and I mm-hmm. I know the final image was going to be, so I just write it so that it would flow there organically. Sure. That's yep. how I go about it. Yep. Mm, what else? Yeah, like I, I think a lot of times I don't outline because in my mind, I am, I have an inspiration from like an existing movie or mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And I kind of use that movie as my quote-unquote outline like i'm not gonna follow it like step by step or whatever yeah but i'm like i want to reach like similar emotional beats of Mm -hmm. that movie or show Mm -hmm. so that helps me when i write but yeah Yeah, definitely no that's a great answer um very interesting process too because like i just had um melissa turkington on and she Mm -hmm. is like so into her pre-writing process and it's like writing like like i said like a seven point outline but then she'll turn that into like a i forget an even bigger more intense outline and then she was like and i'll do character bios and then i'll kind of just throw all that shit away and just start (laughs) writing and she's like uh because then i know the story so well and i was like that is like an intense pre-writing process so you're on kind of the other side of that spectrum which is kind of how I think Lisa, you know, uh, Lisa J, I think. uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She seems to be that way too. She got in some trouble on Twitter (laughs) talking about how she didn't care about outlining. It's just crazy. Anything you say on there, there's going to be 10 people who are like, maybe that's why I don't talk too much about writing anymore. See, and that's a bummer. (laughs) That's really a bummer to me. Um, Not only because I like your Twitter presence, I think you're funny, but like, uh, it's just a i'd hate for that to scare off even newer writers you know it's like for me it's not about it's not even about people taking the wrong way it's just like it's just the same topic being talked over and over and over Mm -hmm. again yep and and then three months later it comes back i want sometimes i just want to say something like i'm I'm gonna be too snarky people are gonna take it people are gonna be offended i'm like whatever yeah i'm like like, that too um, like Chase, he got in trouble for like making a joke from like industry people. I'm like, you you guys should go back to work. 
who cares what this this writer is tweeting joking about i'm sorry people thought it was real but i'm like it's not a big deal i'm like why are we making was a big it, deal out of it was it the blacklist or, or no no it, it was, was um, it was when he was scorsese. like yes scorsese for a24 i'm like yeah i'm like why are managers jumping on this like you should go back to working for your client <laughs> Get <off Yeah>. Twitter. <laughs> you should also like you should be i don't know i guess jace's is real hard satire that like but I feel like you should have been able to sense that that was bullshit. <laughs> like it was, um, why would you take it so serious? Cause wasn't it that Spielberg and Scorsese are collabing? Yeah. I think when, when no, 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 it was Christopher Nolan. <laughs> oh, okay. That's more plausible. Uh, Nolan and Scorsese are collabing in a feature for a 24. These two mm-hmm. studio Titans are doing a feature at, uh, a 24. Yeah. It was just, and didn't it star some hilarious people? I can't remember. It I was, I, I forget now, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man. That That's a little <laughs> bit, I, I'm, I'm gullible sometimes, but um, that's, that's pretty gullible. I don't uh, know. People were so mad, which I thought was funny anyway. Yeah. Um, They're like, yeah. you're never going to work with Scorsese in this town. And it's like, <laughs> I already knew that. <laughs> I already knew that he didn't want to work with me. No, unless uh, you got like rich parents, it's gonna be very unlikely. Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But um, um yeah, no, with, with Twitter, also like mm-hmm. it's like I said, it's more about not having anything new to say at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there are people who always tweeting about writing writing advice process, which is great for them. I'm glad that they they're very passionate about it. But for, for sure. me, I'm like I'm I, I reach a threshold of what I can say. Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. I like even let's say in the future if I ever get to like a status where I can be giving advice I don't think I would even do that <laughs> like, yeah, well your Twitter has never really been about giving advice and no, like my, I don't know but I don't I even like do serious stuff <laughs> I was gonna say your shit was always just kind of funny and like um and I appreciate that because that's usually I don't do writing advice very often on Twitter, yeah. if ever, but I do have this podcast where I often give advice, but it's like a different medium, I guess. People can't reply instantly to me, so that's kind of yeah. nice, the shit that I say on here. But um, imagine, like doing a podcast and got like live comments. <laughs> like, oh God, that would suck. Yeah, I shouldn't talk about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, some people do like live stream their podcast. These things get yeah. edited yeah. by me. Yeah, I don't, I'm, and some, that's how some people get in trouble and they say some stupid shit and then uh, get in trouble, but not me. I'm throwing this into Adobe Audition and chopping it up. We'll cut Um, it in post. (laughs) Yeah, we'll cut it in post. And guys, this week, the Social Screenwriters Podcast is sponsored by The Curse of Professor Zardonicus, the latest found footage thriller out right now on VOD. You believe me. Are you great? I believe you now. No, I believe you. Darren, I, I believe you. I believe you, Darren. I, you're right. You're right. So after you start writing pages, yeah. like mm-hmm. from the start of actually writing pages, uh, yeah. on average, how long does a first draft take you to be complete? Just the first draft. Let's see. I think... Back when, I think it varies from script to script. If the idea yeah. is a bit complex, it might take me a long time. Mm-hmm. But for the other, it took me like three weeks. 
to finish yeah. my first draft. I think, I think on average, I'm going to say month and a half. Mm-hmm. If That's it's fair. Like something simple, because most of my scripts are kind of not on, not like on purpose. I don't think of budget when I write, but like they're usually focused on like small cast yeah. or like limited setting. If it's mm. with another, it's like literally three people on an yeah. island. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just go up there. So yeah, month and a half. Some script it took me like four months. Yeah. A script I'm rewriting right now. Like I finished it like I started writing last June. I took a break. Then I wrote again. I finished it like end of the year. Now I'm rewriting it. Now I'm rewriting it officially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like for a script like this, it takes a bit of longer because maybe there's more characters to balance, the theme's a bit more complex. But yeah, let's say on average, month and a half. Yeah, that's that's pretty quick in my opinion. But like you said, they're so contained mm-hmm. that um, maybe things move quicker. Uh, I, I do share that with you, though, of writing smaller stories. And um, now I'm at a point where it's like, ah, I need to like kind of kind of inject a little bit more into it just a little bit more like market viability i guess you could say because that's the thing is like i want to do like little indies and shit those are Mm -hmm. some of my favorite movies however i i do want to make money and i do want to do things that are a little more like concept focused because right now i'm in in the same way as you really character driven real small real Mm -hmm. you know contained stuff uh which is good whenever you are wanting to be like just get shit made at an indie level it's like yeah small is good contained is good small cast is great um but yeah wanting to i do want to someday do stuff that's a little bigger so i'm starting to talk to my manager about that now Mm -hmm. of being like yeah you know the small stories are good but what's the thing that's a little more you know like grabs you a little more because like again and then i walk out of the theater after everything everywhere all at once and i'm like my god dude it was just like uh an insane concept so That's expertly awesome. tied into a family story that i would write yeah. but mm-hmm. they tied it into this big theater worthy concept and it's like man that's how it's done that's did you know like or- originally they wanted i'm pretty sure they wanted jackie chan to be the lead oh is that right yeah like that's- then they rewrote it and made it into a woman and picture to michelle yo so yeah that, i like that a lot better and that's no shade at jackie chain he's a legend but um mm-hmm. yeah i i definitely think that same giving I'm it to more. uh and uh like I, I heard michelle yo describe it when she was on i think jimmy kimmel and mm-hmm. she was like you know i'd never read a script that's like you know an older uh asian american immigrant who you know is like you know, yeah. poor and she gets to be a superhero. Yeah. And like it's like middle-aged Asian mom. Like who who would ever see that? Yeah. It's <laughs> so fucking awesome to see. Um, I love shit like that. I love, you know, there's like a that thing in Hollywood of like, especially for women who um for actresses, it's like once yeah. you turn like 30, yeah, you're kind of already losing work. And then you can come back around when you're like 60 something and play the grandma who says cliche right. grandma things. And that's it. Yeah, it's just I appreciated that so much about everything everywhere all at once. And getting to hear Michelle Yeoh say how much that meant to her is just like such a beautiful thing to hear. And it was like, fuck, man, I just want to write all kinds of roles now for people who are <laughs> less represented 
to get yeah. those shots, you know, because it really starts with us. It starts with yeah. screenwriters, you know. Do you, when you write, do you ever in your mind like fan cast your main character? Right? You know, that's something I'm getting into more now. Um, mm. I, I used to not. And uh, I feel like it can be so helpful to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do so how it, about you? I do it all the time. <laughs> do you, a lot of writers do. Yeah, I write like a a quote a cast list, a fake cast list anyway. I'm like, this is gonna be this actress can do this, it's gonna be death row. And like I just envision that actress or actor mm-hmm. doing that character. I'm like, okay, it's gonna help me write better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so for have, sure. Because I have specific people one in mind. Like obviously if if my thing ever gets made, chances are I might not get the people at one but it's cool to just have that visual yeah and i bet it helps with your dialogue too like hearing that voice you know it's like you, you give a personality to that character who's just on a page right now and yeah. it's e- easier because that's something i've fallen into actually a few times on first drafts is going back and being like man so many characters sound similar like that's <laughs> i need to do a dialogue pass and really make these people their own selves you know and um that's usually something that comes in later drafts for me a lot of the time. So I was going to ask, uh, whenever you, cause I haven't read your uh, script the other yet, but I do want to, uh, do you oh, write? Too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you, uh, do you write specific race into character descriptions like all the time? Uh, Cause I know not even just in the other, just in your general writing. I'm just curious about that because talking about representation and wanting it to start on the page, that's not something I do. And I've always thought like, I hope I have a cool progressive casting director who gets their hands <laughs> on this thing. And it's like, but that's obviously part of the problem. Uh, and right. I'm not taking shots at casting directors. I'm sure there's tons who want to. Uh, have better representation but anyway do you write specific race into your character descriptions um i usually yeah i usually do because my characters are more often than not they're vietnamese so i want to make that clear yeah (laughs) it wasn't clear enough in that last name already to put it yeah it's like for example sarah bracket uh 30s vietnamese just so they have an idea like if I if I don't have a last name, I put it there, but also with a last name as well, because sometimes I feel like people just overlook very easily noticeable things because <laughs> they're they're used to seeing things in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's something that like I haven't done in the past that now I'm like, I'm going to start experimenting with just because like I've had a few where a character is definitely a specific race and there's no way around it. And I've included that, but then for other characters, I've kind of just not, you know, like this person's just thirties, a school teacher, whatever. Um, And now I'm kind of thinking about being a little bit more firm with that. Cause even if like the future, if I were ever so lucky, the person who was making it, even if they said, well, fuck that, we're doing our own thing. Like, at least I tried. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems like uh, it, it seems like there's almost a need to now to just try to not have that whitewashing of mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> right. I think when you also when you put like ethnicity and race for mm-hmm. the people who read it, like the quote unquote gatekeepers, they sure. they would have an expectation, I think. Mm-hmm. 
they might i feel like sometimes you might get put in a box uh-huh. but at least they know what you're going for yeah like i would hate to just oh this character is asian because i gave them a very obviously asian name yeah right like someday a character could just be like like andy and you can okay like based on his lifestyle in the story okay he's obviously like japanese or whatever yeah yeah exactly and like my name on paper i sound like a fucking nascar driver or something like (laughs) most most people wouldn't know andy compton is japanese Uh, not the name but the person so and that's 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 america i'm sure that's canada is very similar you know you have people from all walks of life and sometimes their name on the page doesn't reflect who they actually are um so yeah it's like a weird thing i was just interested honestly in getting your perspective on that Um, yeah i just like to put the representation out there any way i can yeah and we're in a good time for it right now too i think there's never been more pressure on again the gatekeepers uh to have that representation so um it's good it's probably still not enough but um it's good moving in the right direction so when the first draft is complete what's the first thing that you do do you like send it to like a trusted peer group do you put it away for a while and not look at it and then get it out later and read it yourself do you like do like a a paid service, a feedback service? What's the first thing you do after completing a draft? Um, so I never send out my true first draft. No one should ever see that. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. I if don't I either. ever send out my first draft, it's actually my, like, third draft, probably. Same, same. Yeah, so when I, I have a writer's group, so mm-hmm. I would, I've, I'm in two writer's groups, actually, so... I would send it to them to see the different perspective I get. Mm-hmm. Or, and sometimes I would send it to like, you know, writers on Twitter that I'm friends with as well. Mm-hmm. So I can get, because I'm in two writers group. One is like, just for Vietnamese writers. One mm-hmm. is like, um, the one I'm with Regina Kim is like Asian horror writers. Yeah. So, but then like the Twitter people, they're, they're not, they're necessarily in those boxes. So it's nice to get other perspective that way as well. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I would send it and like take their notes, see what the common, um, the running theme or the, the running critique <laughs> is. And I would focus on that. Mm-hmm. But, um, cause I, I usually know if a script is ready, even when it's in this like first draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I know the story is very solid at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I have doubts in some stuff, so I just need confirmation of my doubts. Mm-hmm. But some scripts I wrote, I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. <no. laughs> yeah, I I would put it away. I wrote there are two scripts I wrote last no in 2020. I still I finished the first draft. I put it away and I haven't gone back to it yet because I know uh-huh. there's gonna be so much to fix that yeah. I'm just this is too daunting. You're going to yeah. sit there when I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I have like three in my graveyard. And it <laughs> sucks because I like the concepts of yeah. every one of them. And two of them, I have tried my fucking hardest to go in there and do what I can and done yeah. page one rewrites on both. And for some reason, I just can't crack it and I can't figure out why. But um, I know that it's not good. So I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't show it to people. 
but it sucks yeah. because I know I have like this concept and it's like a fully written feature. And it's like, I sure wish that I could show that to, uh, you know, my manager and have them maybe send that out too. But the way that it is, I would never actually want that right now. <laughs> I feel like for a script like that, if, if you can't crack it, mm -hmm. I think at that point for me, mm -hmm. I would just have to face the music and send it out to like my peers, like, hi, like yeah. what is wrong with, what is wrong with it? Can you yeah. help me? Yeah. And sometimes you'll get told, you know, this is actually pretty damn good. It's just like these few things that, um, yeah, and that's always nice. I love whenever yeah. that happens, but yeah, you're right. Um, sometimes you just got to face the music and put it out there. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. But you send it to a writer's group, send it to a couple of peers. Um, are you still entering contests? Um, this year I, I didn't enter. Mm -hmm. anything yet no way i entered the 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 script lab thingy which i the, didn't, the free one yeah which i didn't yeah. place which is fine oh also, yeah because then i found i only read like the first three to five pages like okay that's fair oh is that right i didn't know that yeah for uh, course they only read yeah. that much gotcha yeah because it's free so yeah oh for sure definitely that's the only one that i entered and probably the only one i'm going to enter this year because it's free uh, yeah. i actually but i entered it right before i got repped i think i didn't submissions open in like october maybe yeah because when i i forgot i entered it because when i got the email like you didn't place it oh yeah i, <laughs> I entered this yeah, like, yeah yeah i know me too and um, I think I submitted in like October or November. And then in December, I was officially repped. And ever since getting repped and kind of realizing like what this process is going to be like, I'm kind of less inclined to spend the money on contests for real, which is a huge relief because exactly. playing that game fucking sucks. Um, last, yeah, last year, I spent so much money on contests. It was kind of stupid. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I blew so much money along the way. And then um, in the end, last summer, I placed in the nickel. Yeah, and I remember. Thank you. Yeah, that was what ended up being the thing. And it's like, well, shit, I spent a lot of money along the way. <laughs> it paid off, but it's kind of like gambling. So you're like, it's, it's a game of chance. So yeah, yeah it's 100% like gambling. Mm -hmm. Like it literally feels like a casino game. Yeah, like uh, last year, I spent so much um so when i play sometimes i'm like oh cool but then i'm just reminded oh shit i spend money on that uh-huh like for a yeah. lot of things but at yeah. some point this might sound a little bit whatever like when you place when you a script your script is doing good right after a certain point you're like okay why am i getting out of this anymore yeah yeah, yeah for like, sure it feels great to you know place but then because you know when i place i never expect to win Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. it's probably going to stop at semifinals and that's it. And it's yeah. kind of usually the case most of the time. Yeah, me too. So like at some point, like, cool, you got your little serotonin from people liking. And <laughs> and it's such that, an odd thing. After that, okay, like what's next? <laughs> like yeah. it's really cool in the beginning stage of writing. Uh-huh. Like, like, yeah, validation at some point, like, okay, I need to do something with that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And like you did, you know, being like, I better just start hitting the queries really hard or something. Um, if it works for people. It works for people. Like, no, yeah. 
do whatever. But I'm like, research your contest, people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not gonna name names. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people place. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I know. No, I know. Um, I think that all the time, and I'm tempted to say shit about it sometimes because it's yeah. just. I, I never would. I would never just be a fucking bummer for no yeah. reason, rain on someone's parade. But um, it is a predatory industry mm-hmm. for sure. There are people like I wonder how many contests out there just started with like two like nft guys being like yo what's another what's another way we can make money and just being like i think that we could make like a screenwriting competition and you know 60 bucks a pop 70 bucks a pop have them send it in and yeah it's just weird I, i really wonder like what the origin stories are behind like you know uh the 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 los angeles screenplay hollywood boardwalk awards <laughs> monthly or whatever like one of those yeah. random contests that you're like what is that yeah some like, of this is like <laughs> yeah it's like also like some of them are very specific i'm like okay <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah like a super like subgenre kind yeah. of thing like very niche um yeah, and like specific genre to specific medium i'm like Okay, I'm like, at least find something that's reputable, at least on like a B level. Maybe yeah. it's not like the nickel, but like yeah. something that you think industry people look at. I think it makes sense if you just start out, you don't know where to submit, which like yeah. absolutely makes sense. Like sometimes maybe you learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's yeah. why you got Twitter exists to. Yeah. I usually wouldn't do this just because like, I want like people to pay me usually if I'm going to like give them big shout outs and shit, but I'll just do it. The ones that in my opinion are worth it are the nickel is the cream of the crop. Next is Austin film festival, but things might be changing with what happened last year. I don't know. That's everyone else's business. Uh, But after that page awards is legit um screencraft i think that they run good contests and i know nabil chowdhury um won the sci-fi in 2020 and his career kicked off big time from that uh what's that yeah Yeah, big big break for sure uh script pipeline is good to people um and then you know maybe one or two more and i'm sorry if i left anyone out who is legitimate and doing good things for writers but that'd be my list and then you know, there are more, um, but look at past winners, Google them, see what's going on with them. Uh, I won, this isn't a brag, but like I won a script pipeline. If anyone ever wanted to DM me and be like, you know, had a question about that contest, like I'll tell you. Oh Um, yeah. You won that too. You got a big year. I won it seven days after I got repped nice yeah and it's like one of the main one of the main things that you hope for when you win a contest is Mm -hmm. that you can get generals with managers you know yeah and it was just the ultimate irony that Mm. i i chased winning a contest for like two and a half years spending so much money just like if i win one of these i will get a manager (laughs) i bet and then when i finally won it was seven days after i already had a manager yeah, I got and, uh, a manager even before I won the, the first voices thingy. Oh, yeah, that's funny, too. Yeah, it's so, like so when you it's finally like, win. So I got a lot of generals from that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, I don't, they could help me look for managers, but I don't need one right now. Yeah, it's the like, funniest thing. Um, but like, yeah, after, after winning that, I also mm-hmm. didn't place in like a bunch mm-hmm. in the same week. Mm-hmm. 
I won that. And then the next week, it was like Nicole didn't place, Sundance mm. didn't place, mm. the Imagine Impact didn't place. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, man. The yeah. Universe I'm, balance it out. <laughs> like, it, it's fine. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, too, that earlier in the year in 2021, before I placed a nickel, like three or four months of before both of the scripts that I had in, uh, that's the, so cool. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But like the TSL's free screenplay contest, mm-hmm. uh, neither made the quarterfinals. So it's like this free contest. I didn't even get in the quarterfinals and then the nickel, I ended up going deep and it's like, it just goes to show that you just don't know all of these contests are being read by human readers who have different tastes and mm-hmm. it, it, that's why it's such a gambling thing it's literally just like putting money on red and just spinning the wheel and just hoping mm-hmm. that something hits um all that said though contests have done great things for a lot of people uh myself included um you've probably had some cool meetings after winning mm-hmm. the contest you won uh again nabil chowderi is a cool success story there's quite a few out there um people find representation all the time through contests but you just got to be careful of the predatory ones that was a whole tangent we just went on but (laughs) we're we're two people who can definitely talk about that all day and there's a lot of people on twitter who could talk about that all day we love we love tangents we love (laughs) tangents this is good content baby Mm -hmm. uh all right so Moving forward, uh, not doing contests anymore very much. Well, I might actually, I might do Nicole this year, maybe. See, Nickel is one that can still change shit for you when you're yeah. repped. Like, so many people are already repped in the Nickel. I thought about doing it. I don't actually know. I can't do it because I don't have any new features. And I think it's kind of dumb to put my features that were in it last year. I think they're eight. limiting it to only one entry this year. I did see that too. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they were like, we won't get any Andy Comptons this year. <laughs> I mean, I, I only made the semis. I didn't even make the finals. But semis is like big though for the nickel. Oh, dude, it was yeah, it was really really crazy. I was shocked yeah. to make the quarters, and then I was like, man, it'd be so cool if one of them made the semis. And then part, they both. Part of me is also like, kind of like for my ego. I'm like, it'll be cool to just know that i placed in the nickel yeah dude yeah it's cool they they in their rejection letter whenever they sent me you didn't make the finals they were like but here's some of the um you know uh really talented writers who have made our semifinals in the past and it was like a bunch of like really prominent names that only made the semis and i was like oh okay like maybe that's it's actually cool they included that in the email to be like keep your chin up that's nicer i remember I remember getting the rejection letter from Page Awards and mm-hmm. I they wanted to be encouraging, but I was like, I don't think this is what you're supposed to be giving. They were like, don't worry. There's a bunch of people that also didn't place with you. Like, I don't think that <laughs> you feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a whole it was, pool of losers. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> like, don't worry. There are also like 5,000 other people who didn't play. So you're not alone. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the, the contest industry definitely got shaken up like, from the pandemic forward, like so many people started writing screenplays and entering because it seemed like everyone was like, we had an unprecedented amount of submissions this year and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I feel bad for how Austin got so overwhelmed. I don't feel bad for the criticism they faced because that was legitimate. But But with with just like being overwhelmed, uh, I kind of get it because they didn't anticipate that. 
Anyway, uh, we went on another tangent just talking about the tangents. Uh, so, men, of the scripts that you've written, which is your favorite and why? Ooh. I'm going to... Should I say the other? I think I might say the other. <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. the one that's done the most for me. <laughs> Mine yeah. would be Bellyache. Yeah, done the most, but I feel like it's also the script that... It's a script like as soon as I finished. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I don't say that too often about my own writing because I'm I'm yeah. not very sure. But mm -hmm. after I wrote it, I'm like, I feel like this is pretty good. I didn't expect yeah. it to get the level of, um, you know, the the recognition or so whatever from right, right. People as it did, but I'm like, I felt very confident about yeah, it. Yeah, that's such a good feeling to be mm -hmm. able to read your own shit and be like, I'm pretty sure this time. Yeah, because uh, like I, you said, it's until someone else tells you it's good, you just kind of don't know. Mm -hmm. It's one yeah. of those where like I got. I remember as I wrote it along, I got, I got more and more excited to write it. Like, I was like, okay, I I want to get to the sequence that I've been waiting for, and I got to write a sequence. I'm like, I'm gonna go all out. It's gonna be great, and that sequence got good response from people. They liked it, so I'm like, yes, that's what I want. It also like tackle a lot of, I think a lot of themes and like a lot of other stuff that I feel like is a, a good representation of what I write as well. Yeah, that's always kind of, very good. The kind of horror that I write, the kind of themes that I focus on, the kind of characters that I want to portray, it's mm -hmm. just everything and like, yeah, like, yeah, that's probably going to be my, yeah. my favorite well, that's good too. Yeah. Cause like you said, those scripts that encapsulate so much of who you are as a writer, like how they call them, like your calling card scripts mm -hmm. that like, usually that's the one that breaks you into the industry. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have, and it's good to, I, I feel like that's like the most authentic version of you as a writer. Cause what you wrote the other, obviously before you had all this success that you had later with it. Um, and I feel like there's something to that, like with me before I had like any of the success that uh, Bellyache or Suplex got me, I feel like I was writing from a really organic place. You know what I mean? Of just like, I'm not thinking about like marketable concept. I'm not yeah. thinking like some people come into screenwriting thinking that, and I sort of think it's a mistake, but then again, in certain genres, like if you write buddy action comedy, then it's kind of like, yeah, you are just thinking about that. What is a marketable mm -hmm. concept? And that's fine. But like speaking for the shit that I write and also the shit you write, like the elevated contained horror. Um, yeah. It's like, I wasn't writing it thinking this is going to be a movie that kills at the box office. It's like, I was just trying to write the coolest fucking movie that I hadn't seen before, you know, that I wanted to see. Like most of the stuff I write, I'm like, this is not going to be a box office breaking movie. Like I, I know. I me, know. me too. <laughs> My heart. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah, like marketability, it's funny because I feel like I should folk, I should pay attention more to that right now as well. But sometimes like, I just, I want to write yeah. what I want to write. Well, it could be argued too that you and I, like, even though we're like, you know, some people would say breaking in at this moment because we are represented now and we're having meetings. But um, I still feel like we're so early in our career that mm -hmm. it is still about a time of like just building a portfolio of really yeah. solid stuff that 
you're not thinking about like, I need to write the next, you know, Transformers or whatever, which I know that you talked about how badly you want to write the next Transformers. Exactly. I want to be <laughs> uh, a character study on grief. For the yeah. <laughs> yes, with Transformers. Oh my God, that would be amazing. It's going to be a body of horror. The Sundance darling Transformers. <laughs> uh, no, I feel that's... like that could happen. Someone's probably writing it right now. I mean, dude, it, it could be brilliant. Like, there's really no saying, like, um, what we're, it's kind of like the, really nothing matters if your writing is good. Um, Mm -hmm. You can have the most insane concept, because really, like, again, I'm just so nerding out on this movie, because it hasn't left my mind, but everything, everywhere, all at once. uh, Insane shit happens in that movie, and I won't give any spoilers, but, like, things that are so off the wall. If you saw Swiss right. Army Man, then you already know what the Daniels can do sometimes. It's like, what the fuck? It's so weird. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny that no one is not many people are talking about the absolutely bonkers weird stuff from that movie. They're walking out of the theater being like, god, that had so much heart and it yeah. was so good and the action sequences were so cool and no one's talking about like I mean, people are, but not as much as you would think about like the hot dog fingers or like, <laughs> and I only say that because that's in the trailer, but there's other very, very odd things that happen that people aren't really talking about as much. And that just goes to show that when your story is so good, yeah, you can do off the wall, weird shit and no one, you know, doesn't matter. It's one of the scenes that I think about the most of the movie, hmm? it's like the, the big speech from Waymond in the end oh god yeah, yeah. i love about kindness and kindness. things like that yeah and god that speech is so with, good with him and michelle yo in their movie star world mm-hmm. i think about that a lot but yeah mm-hmm. it it's brilliant y'all if you haven't it's seen cinema. it like, this is just gonna yeah. be an episode only but it's a review episode <laughs> yeah it basically is yeah and i cut um, out all that screenwriting stuff and talk yeah. only for the movie I wonder what it's like to be Daniels, the both of the Daniels right now, receiving oh, praise like that. I know. I'm, I'm. If I were them, that's definitely going to my head. <laughs> oh, me too. Well, I, I actually feel bad. I said this to my my friend Jackie the other day that like, I think one bad thing, if there's any one bad thing you could point to about this movie, it's that how do you follow that? I know like, what is their next movie going to be. And I don't expect them to top it because that is a true masterpiece, but it just kind of sucks that like it, it would be such a small, less than 1% chance in my brain that you could top that with your next movie. Yeah. Um, so, it's just incredible. Can I relate? Do you ever feel that? Cause you got, you know, sublex and bellyache is your big calling. Do you have that pressure when you write your next script or you just kind of like, whatever, I'm just going to focus on what I want to. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. So a little bit, but I do think that I'm getting better at writing all the time still. So mm-hmm. like the the new ideas that I have, I'm like, I feel like I'm only stepping it up a little bit. Um, and again, like it's not like belly and suplex or everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> like they're pretty easy to build up build upon. But um, yeah, I I think that I'm just getting better at being like, oh, that's like something that would work conceptually and like also i just feel like i'm fortunate that i had like uh an interesting childhood and an interesting like uh early 20s and just times where um i had a lot 
I didn't even know I had a lot to say about the world. And I'm a person who talks too much. I do have a lot of ideas. <laughs> I do have a lot of strong opinions. So like at this point in my career, I'm pretty excited because I'm like, there's still so much more I want to say. Uh, and I have like, I'm in a fortunate place where I have a laundry list of ideas that I want to write. And mm -hmm. now it's just like trying to knock them out one by one. And I'm doing that at a very slow pace. But um, what about you, like trying to follow what you've already done? Yeah, I feel like for me this year, it's kind of harder to write. I feel like also because, you know, I went back to work in person. So my yeah, that's like changed up. That's killer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I try not to think about it. I I did write a script after the other that I really liked, but I haven't shown as many people as I would like because I mm -hmm. feel like because also back when with the other part of the stuff sending around so you you kind of want exposure to before you were kind of nobody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm a bit more content but there's you know sometimes I'm like oh what if this is yeah if what if this like doesn't live up but then I'm like who's gonna care about that like no one's gonna read your script and be like, well, that wasn't as good as the other one. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, 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 for sure. Like they're, the people who read your script, they're not like movie audience. It's not like you you have a built-in filmography. You're just, it, these are just your peers who are working towards the same goal as you. So yeah. I try not to think about that too much, but there's like a tiny, tiny doubt in the back of my head, but yeah. But I'm just trying to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm, don't get me wrong. I do, I do have my doubts. I have my doubts every day for sure. <laughs> but like, um, no, it's just like I think that if you can, every new thing that you make, if you can make, like, for instance, like I make short films, mm. and the last film I made, um, well, a few years ago before the pandemic, uh, was a short film I made when I was still in college. And I definitely see all the flaws in it and stuff. And then last summer I made a new film and it was like, all I want to do really is make a movie that's better than my last one. And I can walk away at the end of the day saying that we did do that. We did mm -hmm. make it better than the last one. So that's good. And that's kind of where I'm at with screenwriting too, is just like, if I can even incrementally build on what I've already done and stay true to my voice. Yeah. Um, also like, you know, with you having a newer script and being like, ah, I don't know if it's quite where the other is. Like, I don't know about you, but like Bellyache and Suplex went through so many notes so from so many different perspectives. And some of those notes were really, really good and made their way into the script and made the script better. Mm. Those things were, they're so polished today. Um, and it's like, I think we got to be nice to ourselves with our newer work that like, well, there's a reason you haven't gotten, you know, 20 opinions on it from people that you <laughs> trust, you know, and yeah. sometimes I've had good notes from people who gave me a bunch of bad notes. And then there's one really, really good one. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, where did that come from? So you just got to give every, you got to really throw everything at the wall and see what, what's, see what sticks and just any other cliche I can think of. Um, <laughs> just keep writing. Just keep writing. There we go. It only um, one yes. That's right. So, <laughs> Min, what's a recent accomplishment that you're proud of? Screenwriting preferable could be, but it doesn't have to be. What's something lately that you're like, that was pretty cool that that happened? Um, 
my re most recent accomplishment is that the the other is currently in a stage where exciting things could happen. I uh, I don't want yes. to say it because I'm like, no, you don't have to. I, I, I don't know want the to, feeling. Uh, yeah, I don't want to change things. Yeah, yeah. So well, that, you can just you can leave it at that because yeah, that's like, enough. Something exciting may be happening with it. Let's yeah keep it as vague as possible. So like, if it doesn't happen, people won't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, now people are going to because you said it. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm super psyched to hear that, dude. Um, Thank yeah. You. And we don't want to jinx things here. Uh, exactly. Okay. So, Min, final question. What are a few words of advice that you would give to your fellow screenwriters out there, especially to those just getting started? Just keep writing. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, my advice. Yeah, that's if we didn't go on a tangent talking about how I don't like to give advice. Um, yeah, yeah. You're also going to have to tweet this out after and just face the backlash that you get. So choose wisely. No, I'm going to give like the worst advice possible. Okay. <laughs> ruin I my like that. Ru ruin the reputation. Yeah. Um, I think my advice is to don't be too hard on yourself and take it slow i think mm -hmm. like it will it will happen when it happens that's because really like yeah sometimes when i think back about like maybe i should have done something earlier with my writing career back in 2019 when i placed in like semifinals whatever mm -hmm. but then i'm like back then my perspective looking back like my my writing wasn't that strong so i'm like how did i get place anyway but also yeah. my perspective wasn't as complex it mm -hmm. was a, a bit less mature so then when i met like screenwriting twitter i got like people i actually improved a lot as a writer because i i met people there read their stuff give me notes, too. Give notes to me yeah like, i i improved like tremendously mm -hmm. i was reading a draft from something old in the one at place and then the draft i wrote again in like 2020 i'm like this is so much better i'm like wow <laughs> mm -hmm. no i know i agree yes yeah. Tw twitter is really cool even the advice people who their accounts are mainly advice sometimes yeah like they share those nuggets that you're like holy shit that's really cool it happens like now i think i'm a little more like numb to it because i've been on twitter so long yeah but like early in the pandemic um i was really starting to thrive as a writer also because the pandemic shut things down and i didn't have a yeah. job so i was just pretending i was a professional yeah. writer every day yeah. my advice is wait for the next pandemic and then you will definitely approve <laughs> wait for uh, wave seven <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's on the way for sure count uh -huh. on it no i think that's great advice though that's something i would definitely endorse is just be patient Things will happen. I know it's so hard, mm -hmm. um, but like you said, very late 2019 was my first comp contest placement ever. And like uh, you, I was a semifinalist. Was it ScreenCraft? Yeah, ScreenCraft Horror. Oh, that's so funny. Mine was ScreenCraft Drama. And I don't think <laughs> I had any business being there because that early draft was such a piece of shit. But somehow <laughs> I made it that far. And um, yeah. I remember getting very, very ahead of myself back then and being like, all right, I got to get things moving. Like, you know, this is happening. And even then it was still close to three years away. Yeah. 
which is funny because like when i wrote it again the better version i submitted mm-hmm. like oh it didn't place anywhere i'm like okay <laughs> yeah yeah and that like, was just luck it really is the thing of like you know keep working hard um try to create a schedule in your life how you can continue to get some writing done you know i'm not gonna say keep writing but yeah (laughs) i mean it's so cliche but sometimes i guess just keep writing it's weirdly true um i think think in my mind keep mm -hmm. writing focus more on like like i don't know self-improvement more than anything yes because like i feel like a lot of people's like keep writing and then you get that big break i'm like maybe maybe not i don't know but i feel like just do focus on your growth as a writer first yeah see i feel i feel even weird saying like advice i'm like who am i (laughs) i know i can tell that you're wildly uncomfortable saying this (laughs) no it's really good advice it's solid advice and you're someone to listen to because like we're very much equals in our paths right now where we're at on the ladder and uh, I would agree with all of that. Um, Thank you. Just, yeah, just. If you like my advice, follow me where I don't give advice or say anything relevant. To yeah. <laughs> and that is, this is the point in the show where I'm always unprepared, but your handle mm-hmm. is at Maverick underscore VO. Vo. At Maverick underscore Vo, just VO. Mm-hmm. um follow him in on twitter he gives writing advice every hour on the hour seven yeah. days a week um big part of his twitter presence he's usually involved in screenwriting twitter drama yeah. every couple days uh no none of that stuff is true but uh he's a good follow funny um i love following you uh thank, thank you. you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me it's been really fun all right y'all that's it episode 12 is in the books i hope you guys enjoyed that i want to thank min for coming on the show very cool talking to him uh followed him for a long time like the liked his twitter presence for a long time so cool just getting to uh chop it up and talk for a little bit um i want to thank you guys for listening uh once again if you heard something in the show that you thought was cool if you think that i suck at something and you feel the need to tell me about it you can do that on twitter you can tag us at social writer pod and i will do my best always to try to uh interact with that i don't see everything but i try my best to see everything but also i'm trying so hard to like have limits with social media and myself because i'm so addicted to my phone uh, but that's a whole nother podcast that I'm starting next week. Uh, I'm not. I wish. I wish I had time. Uh, anyway, though, yeah, you can uh, say something cool that you learned, uh, whatever. Just uh, spread the word. I really appreciate that. And if you like what you heard and you feel so compelled to donate to help this show keep running, you can do that at the Linktree link in our social media at Social Writer Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, really appreciate it if you can. Uh, helps me a lot um that's really it guys uh i don't even have a new guest lined up i'm gonna figure that out when i hop off of here um it's been a crazy last week for me last couple weeks for real you guys ever just feel like you're drowning and uh you can't breathe and you're gonna die and 
I don't know. That's kind of just where I'm at right now with like the stress and everything. So, but I'm going to keep pushing because uh, I don't have a choice and I want to be a filmmaker for a living really bad, but I don't make any money at it right now. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. I will catch you next time. Uh, bye bye. The Social Screenwriters Podcast.